We are here on the left coast. We're in Hollywood. We're in Los Angeles. Broadcast excellence for the fourth straight day out here. And one more to go after today. We're having more fun than a human being should be allowed to have. Showed up yesterday playing a golf course called Setakoy up in Reagan country. Do you know where it is? It's up there in uh, in Camarillo. Or do they say Camarillo here? Camarillo. So we drove up there. You need meal money to get up there from here. And uh, we show up on the 18th hole. It's a long par five. I L Rushbo. I mean, I'm I'm hitting the ball off the tee as well as I have, and I don't know how long. Bamo. It's, it's it's about a 535 yard par five. The second shot, three wood. Bamo straight down the middle, and I have uh, I have about 80 yards in. And I I sort of yank, come over the top on the gap wedge, ends up in the trap, the greenside bunker. And we're one down here, but this is this is. Um, this is to tie it up and, and not not losing any money. And, of course, everybody thinks when I'm in a bunker, I've got a reputation of being a bad bunker player. Okay, it's over. So I go in there and I take my first swipe in the bunker, and the ball doesn't move. I whiffed. I got right under the ball, but I kept the pose. I kept the pose as though I had hit the best shot ever. I was just trying to cover my embarrassment in case anybody from high up the hill of clubhouse is looking. So then I look down. The ball's still there. I bop up. Take another shot at it. Two hops in the hole. Hold out from the greenside bunker. Four or five, wiping out the opposition. It's been a long day. It's a hilly golf course, up and down. They just, uh, they just, they just took all the juice out of them. That was it. As another successful, fun day brought to an exciting conclusion. And here we are, ready to kick it off again. Happy to have you along, folks. Telephone number is 800-282-2882. If you want to be on the program, the email address is at uh, eibnet.com. Now, as I told you uh, yesterday during yesterday's excursion into broadcast excellence, I was not going to have a chance to watch the Bamster's speech on Afghanistan. I actually didn't need to watch it. I knew what he was going to do. But it's my job to watch it in large part so that you don't have to. I would come in here and tell you what you missed. And as an added bonus, Sometimes to tell you what to think about what you missed. But even at that, folks, I didn't. We, um, after the sterling day on the golf course, went to, um, went to dinner. Place in Malibu, I forget the name of the place, but high up on the hill, overlooking the ocean, looking south. Beautiful place up there. And got home, and I was just exhausted. I just zapped. So um, I, I didn't even fire up the computer. Toyed around on the iPad for a while. And I came in, I talked to a couple of people, and found out what happened. And we basically have put together a summary for you. If you didn't watch it either, hell, I don't blame you. If you don't want to watch it. We've got it summarized here in about, what, a minute and a half? I think that's about all it takes to summarize what happened last night. And now, the honest, condensed version of the President's Afghan Troop Withdrawal Speech. Good evening. To begin with, I got Osama bin Laden. So really, anything I do in Afghanistan is okay. So I'm removing 30,000 troops, just like I promised the Taliban two years ago. Our mission in Afghanistan will change from combat to retreat because I killed Osama bin Laden. What does this tell our enemies? You will be held accountable unless I'm running for office and I think I'm losing. Of course, huge challenges remain, like creating an imperfect Afghanistan for future generations. But tonight, we take comfort in the fact 
that we have killed bin Laden. Now, some would have us retreat from the world. Others would have us overextended, confronting every evil in the world. I want a little bit of both, like in Libya, where we just drop bombs from 30,000 feet, hope we kill Gaddafi, and pretend democracy will just spring up out of nowhere. Oh, and did I tell you that I met the guys who took out bin Laden? We are bound together by the creed written down in our founding documents, the Magna Carta, the Prenuptial, and the New Deal. America, it's time to focus on nation-building here at home. Now let us respectfully end these wars. God help our troops, because I won't. Thank you. Pretty much sums it up, right? Obama, did you watch it, uh, Don? Well, see, you didn't have to. Now you know. You, I'm sure you have a wonderful idea exactly what happened last night, um, Obama and his address to the nation. Stumbling through the show prep today, and I do mean stumbling. It's, uh, you know, I, if, I try, to, try to stay on an East Coast schedule when I'm out here. And if I, if I did, that would mean going to bed at 11. I go to bed about 2 a.m. So that would mean going to bed at 11 here. And getting up as in a four, and getting in here at about uh, getting here at five, yeah, it hasn't been working out. I've been going to bed at two o'clock here, and getting up at five o'clock here. After all of these action-filled days, doing the program and then uh, you know hustling out of here and heading to the golf course of the day. Uh, and then going out and then having a tasty morsel at dinner, and then you know, back home do some show prep before getting to bed. So just a, a little bit on the frazzled side, but you wouldn't know it if I if I didn't mention it to you. We do have a couple sound bites from Obama, and it, it's a, his own trial balloons here in trying to make this whole claim that. The Republicans are purposely destroying the economy. The Republicans are responsible for all of this. Two sound bites, maybe three, from Obama's White House speech last night on Afghanistan. We take comfort in knowing that the tide of war is receding. Fewer of our sons and daughters are serving in harm's way. We've ended our combat mission in Iraq with 100,000 American troops already out of that country. And even as there will be dark days ahead in Afghanistan, the light of a secure peace can be seen in the distance. Yeah, there it is. These long wars will come to a responsible end. Those long wars started long before I got here. They will come to an end. And he kept going. He wasn't finished. Over the last decade, we have spent a trillion dollars on war at a time of rising debt and hard economic times. Stop tape. Stop tape. There you have it. You see where this is going for the last decade. Translation, since Bush, we've spent a trillion dollars. There's the magic number. His health care bill costs less than that. See? I mean, actually doesn't, but that's what they wanted everybody to believe. Trillion dollars on a war, rising debt, hard economic times over the last 10 years. Let's continue. Now we must invest in America's greatest resource, our people. Stop the tape. So now it's time for change. I'm Barack Obama, and I just got here. You elected me in November of 2008, but today is my first day on the job. And after 10 years of absolute 
purposeful destruction of the economy by my predecessor and his party, and after wasting a trillion dollars on this war, I have finally shown up. And it's time to invest in you. So I, Barack Obama, am starting that today. Or in his case, last night. Let's keep going. We must unleash innovation that creates new jobs and industries while living within our means. We must rebuild our infrastructure and find new and clean sources of energy. America, it is time to focus on nation building here at home. That's right. I'm Barack Obama, and I just got here. And, uh, yeah, we, we, it's time to unleash innovation, new jobs, shovel-ready infrastructure. We haven't tried that yet. I was elected in 2008, but I've been, you know, playing golf. I just now showed up. Time to invest in you. We're going to have shovel-ready jobs. We're going to unleash innovation that creates jobs. See, he hasn't been doing any of this the past two years. No, folks had not been doing it. All that stuff that's been going on the past two years, they've been trying to dig themselves out of the swamp that George W. Bush created. And finally, two years after we get rid of Bush, finally, as of last night, finally time to start rebuilding ourselves here at home. This is uh, David Rodham Gergen. Now, this is uh, CNN's special coverage of Obama's address on the beginning of the withdrawal of troops from Afghanistan. And Anderson Cooper, 920, speaking of David Robin, uh, Rodham Gergen, and he said, what did you make of uh, Obama's speech here? It was a very good speech. I thought he summarized very well what he believed. And, uh, you know, I thought he was concise and he made his points. Okay, that was a very good speech out there, Anderson. I thought he summarized very well what he believes. And, you know, I thought he was concise and made his points. Well, there was a problem. Anderson Cooper decided to probe a little deeper. He said, uh, do you see this by any chance as a victory for... Joe Biden. Now, you see, when, when you ask David Rodham Gergen about the substance of the speech, not whether or not Obama made his points and summarized very well, so you, you get into the substance with him and you get a different take. There's no question about that. General Petraeus and Secretary Clinton and uh, Bob Gates all have been reported tonight to have reluctantly accepted right. this outcome. They wanted them more robust. And I frankly must say, what I'm really puzzled about is when you're trying to wind down a war, and everybody agrees you have to wind it down in Afghanistan, you've got a general who's turned around two wars, is the most successful general of modern times, and he comes to you with a recommendation on how to do it, and you say, no, thank you, I'm going to do it a different way. Oh, so, uh, David Rodham Gergen, not so happy with speech, we learn, when he starts examining the specifics and the substance. Here you, well, the answer to this is actually very simple. Petraeus is a goof. He's an idiot. All he's ever been is a military hawk. All he's ever been is somebody who loves killing people, shooting guns and so forth. The theoreticians at the faculty lounge at Harvard, much more compassionate than that. We're much more sophisticated than these warmongers. I'm not going to listen to some warmonger. I'm Barack Hussein Obama. Mm-mm-mm. And I'm not going to listen to some warmonger. Besides, I'm not out to win this thing because I don't like victory. It makes me nervous. I don't like having to see Emperor Hirohito 
show up and surrender. I just don't like that. Emperor Hirohito, of course, didn't. David Ignatius, a columnist at the Washington Post, basically says it doesn't matter. Obama is the commander-in-chief. Screw the generals. Charlie Rose asked him a question. Here's what intrigues me. Is the president's mind, what's happened here between the 2009 assessment, that long, drawn-out assessment of Afghanistan, and everybody who participated said was very interesting and very productive for them? What's happening between then and now when Obama says, screw it, we're getting out of there? This president has become commander-in-chief. This is the president who took a very gutsy decision to send the SEALs in to take out Osama bin Laden. And I think that changes you. Becoming commander-in-chief changes you in what way? Well, what he's deciding is, I'm going to make up my own mind. Despite what the generals are telling me, and, and General Petraeus is a pretty aggressive arguer, and he's deciding what I think works is counterterrorism, and I'm going to have the force that supports that, and I'm not going to send in the, the coin force as the generals want, and I'm going to set the policy. Okay, there you have it. So he's a commander to screw the generals, screw Petraeus. There, Mr. Gergen, is your answer. Obama's a commander-in-chief. Obama's maturing right before our very eyes. Obama single-handedly. We're back to this now. Can uh, handle all of this. There's no question. This speech last night was a campaign speech. What better way to fire up the Democrat base than to announce you intend to lose the war in Afghanistan? That's what the Democrat base wants. So Obama essentially says, I'm out to lose. And the Democrat base is happy. They're all excited about it. You know, what, what, what do um, General Petraeus and Gates, the defense secretary, what do they know? They, they were both opposed to Obama when he made his gutsy call. Don't you remember that? Only Obama knew how to go out and get bin Laden. Only Obama understood all the pitfalls. Only Obama was able to see all the things that could go wrong. So he's a brilliant guy getting bin Laden, and now he's a brilliant military strategist. You know, Hitler's generals tried to argue with him, too. Fools. President Obama, in a nutshell, now says we cannot continue to fight in Afghanistan. Too expensive. But what is the logic here? Doesn't he insist that massive government spending is the only thing that will lift us out of recession? And that we have to do a lot more of it? But somehow, all that spending on the military in Afghanistan, that won't cut it. And as we speak, dingy Harry, Senate Democrats, pushing for yet another round of stimulus spending. But the war in Afghanistan would suffice. In fact, it was World War II that got FDR out of the fire. It was Paul Krugman, just to remind you, New York Times, Paul Krugman saying just a few months ago, back in September 2010, almost a year, well, nine months, that we needed another World War II to get us out of the recession. Even Krugman was finally admitting that it was only World War II that finally lifted us out of the Great Depression. It was not the New Deal. So if massive government spending is good for the economy, how come the war in Afghanistan isn't actually helping the economy? I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. It's re-elected. Don't doubt me on this, folks. You're going to think that this is over the top. It's not. It's re-elect time. 
It's run for re-election time. Obama is losing his base. He's lost the independence. He has got to get the base down. Got to get them back. You don't get the base of the Democrat Party by winning wars. You do not hold the far-left fringe of the Democrat Party as ardent, energized supporters manning phone banks for you and running around bundling funds and raising funds. That's not going to happen among the base if you go out and win a war. Lose a war. Ah, now we're talking. Go out and lose a war and maybe humiliate a general or two in the process. Then you have a chance of reclaiming the Democrat base. Don't doubt me. Mr. Limbaugh, that's simply, that's simply unacceptable that you could say something like that about citizens of a country of the United States. No, that's true, Mr. New Castrati. And uh, you know it as well as I do. I mean, you have to admit, Obama's campaign speech last night was, for what it was, one of his most in- impressive so far. It was clear that Obama needed and wanted to shore up his anti-American base, known as the Democrat Party. If, if I had to guess, I'd say that most of Obama's fringe is not all that happy he killed bin Laden. He's probably been paying a little bit of a political price, maybe not so much for killing bin Laden, but he's been out there doing this Tarzan business, ah, beating his chest and claiming credit. Big-time warrior now, I killed bin Laden. That doesn't sit well with the Democrat base. Announcing he's now planning to lose the war in Afghanistan was maybe one of the best moves he could have made to uh, reconnect with the Democrat base.